Because the truth is, all of us need some of us to make it through this journey at EPWY. So throw them AirPods in, or your Apple headphones with the mic in your ears, get your notebook out, and get ready for your extra course. Black Girl at PWI is starting now, and class is officially in session. All right, all right, all right, beautiful people. Well, it is Black Girl at a PWI once again. It's your girl Breezy here, or the Brianna Simone. And today we are getting into Black student advocacy. Since the podcast has been out, you all have been coming up to me. Some of you have been coming up to me and DMing, you know what I'm saying, and congratulating me and things of that nature. Um, but then some of y'all are, are brave enough to ask, when are we having somebody else on, right? As if you've gotten tired of my voice already. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. Okay. Um, because today I'm excited to say that we have a guest, our first guest here today, who goes by the name of Maya Jenkins, and they can't see you right now, mm-hmm. but Maya, they can hear you. Do you, right? do you mind introducing yourself yes, to the people? Of I can introduce myself. So, my name is Maya Jenkins. I am 20 years old. I'm a political science, women and gender studies double major at University of Mary Washington. But I also stand as the president mm. of the NAACP mm-hmm. at UMW. Mm. Prior president, prior president, Brianna Simone Reed. That's not yeah. necessary. Yeah, I, I had to say what I had to say. It was true. I usually don't lie. Wow. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. I love cats. I want one. I'm a believer in God. Yeah. And I love black people so much, specifically black women. That's good. That's good. I, w- I was going to say, you you gave us the credentials. Yes! Who is Maya? Who is Maya? Who is Maya? She's just a, literally a lover of Black people. She believes she's an abolitionist. She's someone who believes that Black people should have all the rights possible. She believes in defunding. She believes in refunding Black people, people of color, specifically Black queer people, Black women, and yeah, that's what Maya is. That's what Maya is. Period. Maya, I, I am honored to have you on here. I am honored to be here. Yeah, Come we're going to talk. If anybody doesn't know, because how would you know? Maya and I actually share the same middle name. We do. Simone. We do. Mm-hmm. We do. Were you mm-hmm. named after Nina Simone? I was not. I can't say that I was. That's okay. I can, though. <laughs> I can. I can say that I was. Okay. But it's okay if you can't. That's it's good. okay. It's hard out here for a pet. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, S- Simone, you know what I'm saying, is a, is a biblical name. It's it is a biblical name. Yeah, yeah, so that's where mine came from. That's so good. Yeah, but yours came from Nina Simone, which is... Both both are so valid. Yeah, Uh might as well be biblical. Mm. Uh, So today we're getting into it, right? We are both black women at predominantly white institutions, but more specifically at a smaller predominantly white institution or in predominantly white spaces. And on top of that, we're black student leaders. Now, I want to be clear, um, because we talked about this a little bit, more this distinction that exists on campus as it relates to activism and just student leadership and, and being a student server to a degree, right? A server of Black students. And that is this distinction in terms of Black women mm-hmm. at predominantly white institutions are typically mm-hmm. the majority of the folks who are doing the work. So when we talk about Black student advocacy, part of this this notion we have or this slogan is do the work. Mm-hmm. What we'll see, especially at the University of Mary Washington and then overall predominantly white institutions, I'd argue that we see that Black women are doing the work 
per usual. And so today we're basically going to talk a little bit about that, talk a little, little bit about being a Black student leader and, and really doing the work. So Maya, UMW is an interesting place. It is an interesting um, place. It is. And so I know both of us have been in predominantly white spaces and institutions mm-hmm. prior to UMW. But since we're here, what is it like, you know what I'm saying, right. being a Black student and no one saying, making up in your mind, okay, I'm coming to a predominantly white institution. I'm unapologetically black or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting involved. What does black student advocacy look like for me? What right. does doing the work look like for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of where my story kind of comes into. Yeah. So like I came here, right, in summer 2019, came here thinking that I was going to be doing debate and debate only. I came here for debate. It was not my first choice to be at this university, but that's where I ended up. And I thought that that was what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be nationally ranked. And I thought I was going to be able to argue with white people like I was doing prior to coming to UMW. Love it. Because that's really what I really enjoy. After coming here and seeing how white the space was, not that it's a bad space, just saying a fact, is that I realized that maybe what I was preparing, what I was using debate for prior to coming here, now need to be used for something else. And that was the work. So all the things I did with researching, all the things I did with public speaking, all of those need to be reimagined and engineered for something new. And so then I came and I saw that club carnival. I went to the NAACP table and I was like, this is extremely lit. It's really lit. I, I met Breezy. I met all the Black women who worked at UMW, I didn't realize how much work and labor went into it for free. And I saw that. And as I maneuvered throughout that space, I got into the NAACP and I was able to see some of the problems just from being there, but then also the community that was needed. And as I became integrated into these spaces, I grew to love UMW. And I think this is kind of where the work comes in, where Everyone has that moment where they're like, I'm going to transfer from Miss University and I'm going to go to Hampton University, like where I, where I was meant to go. I'm going to move because they don't value me here. As soon as I got here, people were asking me, do I actually go here? And I realized that I loved the Black people here. And it was a kind of love that I had never felt before, where I saw Black people and I was like, I love you all. You are beautiful. You do so much work. You love me unconditionally. And it's not even like the kind of love where if someone else were to succeed, I would genuinely feel happy for them. And so like that. It was a kind of love that I had never experienced before. And then I knew that I wanted to work for that love. Mm. And that's kind of where my work started. So being at UMW and doing the work, it's tiring. It's hard. However, I knew that it sprouted from loving Black people. And that's kind of where it came from. You know what I mean? Maya, that was that that right there is good. I try to be good. Not yeah, you, not you. nah, nah, mm. because I think that that's a crucial piece. Many times we can organize out of anger, mm-hmm. and we can strategize out of anger, and we can be like, "Oh, I'm doing the work out mm-hmm. of anger," but it's like if that root of it, yeah. if the root of doing the work, because ultimately it's, I'd go as far to say, you know, to really get the most out of a predominantly white institution, predominantly white mm-hmm. space as a black person and then more specifically as a black woman and while doing the work is going to take more than just I'm here to graduate or yeah. I'm here to, you know what I'm saying? Just make friends Yeah. to really do the work to flourish and thrive in a predominantly white space mm-hmm. and to serve your community and to serve black folks. Mm-hmm. I really think the essence of that is love. Right, right, right. And I'm glad you point that out because it's like, 
that's what kept me here, right? Mm-hmm. When I talk about, oh, I found my people. I found Black mm-hmm. UMW. I found Black folks. Or I just had a reinvested just just love for and deep mm-hmm. commitment to black folks. And because of that, mm-hmm. I was willing to argue with any president, mm-hmm. any administrator. I was willing to meet with anybody and a yeah. mama to, to write any report, anything like that, to advocate for them and yeah. to show up for them. Right. Right? It was, it's something where you taught me, right? After meeting you and then Bill Keys, lovely person. Just meeting these type of black women where I had never seen people like you all. And seeing characteristics that I only saw in myself, but then seeing in other black people and then seeing it flourish, it gave me purpose. Before I didn't really have it. Before I was like, listen, I don't like white people. I'm going to come here and I'll make them uncomfortable. Period. End of story. Full stop. I met you all and I was like, okay. Now I believe in something bigger than myself, right? I, now I believe in like a legacy. So I want other people to feel something. So it's not just about me. It's not just about hatred. It's about, I feel something for this pe- for these people. And so I think that that purpose is what sustains us. It's kind of like the water that never runs dry. It's something that I'm so glad I got here because I wouldn't have got it anywhere else. But it's really hard. It's really hard, but it makes it worth it. Yeah. Because- of the whole purpose thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm only doing it out of hate mm. and I'm only doing it out of like, I'm trying to make you so uncomfortable. I right. start realizing like, dang, I'm miserable here. Mm-hmm. I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Like I'm miserable. Literally. Because you get tired and we've talked about this in previous episodes. I have nothing to prove at this predominantly white institution. Literally. I have nothing to prove to anybody and especially not the the, the majority, yeah. not the white folks on this campus. Uh-huh. So my, my why has to be more than just I'm coming to make white folks uncomfortable. I'm yeah. coming to do this. For what? I'm mm-hmm. I'm going into debt to make white folks uncomfortable? No. I'm going to make them uncomfortable for the rest of my life. Yes. Like, yes. Yes. So, so what good is it to do, right, versus saying, I'm here. I already know I make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I already know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I see that my people who I love deeply mm-hmm. are not able to perform the best mm-hmm. or they're not able to love mm-hmm. themselves the best mm-hmm. in this space. What can I do mm-hmm. to change that? Mm-hmm. And that's what doing the work looks like. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Doing the work out of love, out of a deep commitment mm-hmm. for those that we care the most about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. There is this thing. I forgot where I got it from. But it was basically like when you have a child or when you have a child, something like your heart lives outside of your chest, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like you love someone so much, right? And even when things will happen to me, I'll be like, I messed up. Like, I'm very upset. White people, I'm going to come at you. When things, what I realized when I was, like, really deep in the UMW Mm -hmm. is when something happens to a peer of mine, right? And I'm like, not that I don't have a child or anything like that, but my heart is living out of my chest. Mm -hmm. Now I'm ready to fight. Like, now Mm -hmm. I'm ready to, like, put everything on the line. Now I'm really willing to, like, miss a class to change how the system of UMW works. Now I'm willing to do all these things, and I had never done that before, but it's 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 about seeing yourself outside of yourself and that that's really what it's like i think yeah mm-hmm. because and and I, I i'm still stuck on the fact that you said love like mm-hmm. that that aspect because with love comes long suffering and mm-hmm. it comes patience and kindness mm-hmm. and understanding but another piece of that um what is it you got it not the record of wrongs um but it's sacrifice mm-hmm. it's literally dying to myself so mm. and that can be so hard sometimes to balance for black women because we're consistently dying to ourselves yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it's like they ain't, ain't nobody dying mm-hmm. for me and so that's mm-hmm. why i talk about having that relationship with god is important yeah 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 because you need to be able to say okay God, fill my cup up when I'm empty because yeah. I'm the only one pouring. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and nobody else is pouring into me, so I need you to fill me up. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. way I can, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, 
give everything to everybody else, but that balance with, all right, you know, I've there's been numerous times where I've looked at my schedule and I'm like, okay, I got to meet with Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. I got to meet with so-and-so. I got classes this time. Mm-hmm. I catch up. Like, I'm, I'm, cool, I'm cool with the professor right I'll here. do it. Yeah, Y'all you better know? understand. Right. Yeah. You're making, and, and you throw it in the group, me or whatever, and everybody's like, I can't make that. And you're like, okay, I'll make it. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, For yeah. the sake of everybody. Uh-huh. So before we get into how to not die or how to mm. not crack mm-hmm. under a lot, how to not make it so sacrificial that we never mm-hmm. live. Right. Before we get to that piece, what does doing the work out of love and black student advocacy look like mm-hmm. and, and for black folks and then more specifically for black women as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think doing the work is is a level of, it's a work ethic that you don't understand in class. Mm. So it's right, like in class, you understand that like if you do assignment, if you make a quizlet, you take the test, right? You got it, right? If you go to class, you'll reap the benefits of going to class. Being a black woman at this university is constantly, constantly, constantly doing the work. And then people will be like, yeah, no, I'm sorry about that. It won't happen again. We won't be doing this. Like going to meetings and they'll be like, yeah, girl, um, you think you ate, but you didn't eat. Like you, you, you did not eat it. There are crumbs still left on the there plate. Are, you have hors d'oeuvres. You have, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You have breakfast, lunch, dinner. Nothing was eaten. You are empty. Empty stomach. Um, uh. But basically... It is, and it is being sustained on the fact that you have that purpose, right? But I think specifically doing work is like getting a group of people, right? And it's also using that group of people and learning from past times. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you taught me was that we did not start this fight. Mm-hmm. This fight was started by prior Black PWI students mm-hmm. here. It was started by the work ethic of like people like James Farmer, who who have made the platform and have made the formula for us to use. And so it's about using that formula to create something new. For example, you already know I'm about to bring this up. Yeah. You already know yeah. I'm about to bring this up. So one of the things that we did do was we created a police report. And in this UMW police assessment, it came out of um, the malpractice of the police in Fredericksburg and also the fact that UMW police were involved in that in that protest that happened. So a protest happened in summer 2020 that resulted in people being tear gassed and our UMW police were involved, quote unquote. And in that, that kind of allowed us to see a lot of different problems that we people have had with the police so we kind of took a police assessment so we took a survey we surveyed over 350 people over 300 yeah 350 people and in that survey we saw that people had so many stories so many problems so many systems of oppression that were involved in what they were saying in their words and we created a report about it a 60-page report and in the 60-page report we not only researched the topics that people were discussing, we made graphs on what they were saying. We also provided solutions for what they were talking about and a list of problems that were the root of what they were saying. Then along with that, we made a list of demands. We presented that list of demands and we did this with unity. We did this under a organization. We did this in community, right? We didn't do this in a way where we were like, this is what happens, this is what goes. We got criticism. We we got people to read over our thing. We got people to mentor us. We got people to hear what we were saying. And it's about leading with community first. It's about going back and realizing that something might not happen good. Like you might not get anything from this. But what is important is that someone after us can look back at this Google Drive and be like, hey, wow. They ate. Not for these, not for these white people to be like, hey, like we don't care about you. It's for them to be like, 
no, they actually worked. Mm -hmm. They worked on this, and I can use that for the next time. Like, yeah, that's kind of. I think that's what UMW work looks like in like an example. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I think that's a perfect example, and so. I also think that aspect of community, we talked about this even on the first episode, right? It's BIM. Uh-huh. So um, mm-hmm. we know that BIM never ends. That's next week. But, uh-huh. you know, this this element of without community right. at a predominantly white institution, it's not going to be hard for you to make it. I'm not saying you mm-hmm. won't graduate. I'm not saying you won't excel. But thriving emotionally yeah. and spiritually and mentally, it might look a little hard. It might look a little different. Mm-hmm. And so not having that community, not having a coalition that you can depend on makes it harder to do that work. I'd also say to a degree, sometimes doing the work as a black student leader at a predominantly white institution can feel isolating. Mm -hmm. It can be like, dang, am I the only one that's upset about this? Am I the only one that's irritated? And so this even goes beyond UMW because I know it's black folks who listen to this that are definitely not from UMW, right? The struggle looks 10 times worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of, administration is not sitting down with y'all. People are not willing to talk to y'all. Black folks acting like they're not black on campus, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. so that can be especially hard. And and even loving people Mm -hmm. in the midst of their denial of their Mm -hmm. blackness Mm -hmm. can be especially hard because it's like, how do I hurt more for what you're going through than you hurt for yourself? And Mm -hmm. then then you hurt for your community. And I think black women have a tendency, ooh, Come to on. bleed for others on behalf mm-hmm. of others. Like, okay, I see you're bleeding, but because you don't recognize you're bleeding, I'll bleed for you so you can see. You know what I'm saying? I have a question. Yeah, okay. What's the yeah, question? I have a question for you. Yeah. I know coming into school, going through like ST, um, the student transition program, which we have before school happens, right? You see a whole flu of black people here, a whole flu of black women here mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And like, as you progress, you kind of see that there's only like, a, it's a dwindling amount, mm-hmm. right? And you respect that they leave, you decide to see them leave. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with the, like, having maybe to put on more of a load mm-hmm. because they leave? Or do you, not like it's a bad thing, because I think naturally mm-hmm. maybe get resentment or something like that. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Dog, I think that's a good question. I think that's a beautiful question. And it's, it's something I've had to wrestle with over the past couple of years, right? Because mm-hmm. you come in. And how I I came in, I didn't join STP. So I wasn't in STP. However, because we were a really big class, classes, incoming class of 2018, Mm -hmm. I knew, I knew I could identify the folks in STP. But because I wasn't in there, Mm -hmm. all those black people from STP stood together. Mm -hmm. So my little non-STP self, who didn't know about the summer, who didn't want to take classes in the summer, who... I was on the outskirts of the black folks who were closer together. I was in STP. Right? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. Saying? And so for, for the stragglers like me, I came in not having STP, not having nothing like that. I Luckily, I got taken in by black women who were already leading, mm. right? And I, I I swear. Minor pause. Let's shout out black women from Come UMW. On. Specifically, I'm talking Ayana, Cheyenne, Come Millie. On. Who else am I missing? Purity, Kelsey, I'm, uh, Kelsey yeah. Kyla, Kyla, Bill Keese, Amina, Desi, um, Desi Rock, Kaya, Victoria. Victoria. Um, there's there's so many black there, women. Mandy. Mandy. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's so many black women, but black women came in and took me under their wing. Mm. Seniors, right? Mm. Seniors and juniors. Yeah. So they could be like, hey, sis, don't worry about this. We're doing this. So right. I, I had my hand in stuff. But it wasn't that much stuff as as they were doing. They they right. labored longer and harder than mm. I did for mm-hmm. me to get here. Yes. And then I labored longer and harder. And so when I see black women come 
And they're like, you know, they might be standoffish because your freshman year, you know, you're scared. It, it, grace is so important. Mm-hmm. This is just a small caveat. Come on, having grace, <laughs> having grace for other black folks who are still figuring out whether or not they're Ooh. black, who are still trying Come to find on. their voice, Come on. who are still separating themselves from other white spaces that they've just left from and currently are coming back into. Mm-hmm. If you are more conscious or understanding of who you are, please have grace for your fellow black folks because yeah. the black folks who were in STP that I felt like, dang, they're excluding me. They weren't. They, they weren't. didn't have nobody. Yeah. The same way I didn't have nobody. Yes. That was the root issue. But through love, I tell you, all the people at STP are my closest friends to this day. They're the black creators on campus. Mm-hmm. They're the black track runners on campus. Mm-hmm. They're, you know what I'm saying? So what I had to do is I had to adopt grace. I had to say, all right, I know my why. I know that God told me to stay my tail at UMW, Mm -hmm. right? And I can't get mad at you if God told you to go to an HBCU. Yeah. I can't Mm -hmm. get mad at you because your calling looks differently elsewhere. I stay in contact as much as I can. Mm -hmm. I text, you know, we'll check in. But I definitely try not to harbor resentment because it's like, girl, if you can, if God didn't have me here and if I wasn't obedient, I would not be here. I would Hello? And that's why when it comes to black folks, especially black girls who come on this campus, I make it, especially now, I make it um, a priority to be like, hey, what are you thinking about? You're thinking about transferring, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, some of them are like, yeah, okay, why? Mm-hmm. And, and this isn't to um, mm-hmm. this isn't to uh, tell you basically like, no, you need to stay here and you need to labor and suffer and do everything that yeah. I did. Absolutely not. But if you feel like you've been called here. Right. I want to commit to that calling. If yeah, you feel like yeah. you've been called to leave, I want to commit to you being called to leave because I have a love for you as a black woman, as a black person. It has nothing to do with you being at a PWR HBCU, right? The love for blackness and mm-hmm. black folks goes so far beyond those predominantly white spaces. But in predominantly white spaces specifically, it causes one to be like, okay, um, I need to have more grace for you. Okay, you mm-hmm. say you want to transfer? Mm-hmm. You still want to transfer after week three? You mm-hmm. still want to transfer after week six? Transfer. Let's let's look at HBCUs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's sit down or let's look at community colleges, right? Because I want to see you succeed. Be successful. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and because I want to see you succeed away from here, I also want the black folks who are here, who yeah. can't transfer, who don't have money, mm-hmm. I don't want them to suffer just because they don't have the means to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want this, this, this shouldn't be like a oh, well, this is my last resort, and so I'm I'm just suffering because I can't go elsewhere. No, no, no. Wherever you go as a Black person right. should feel like a safe space. It mm-hmm. shouldn't take a HBCU, and HBCUs do their thing. We're going to talk about HBCUs all, later. That's really, because right? mm-hmm. yeah. my entire family yes. is Hamptonian, literally. Yes. Like, we, we love our HBCUs. This is never, but it's like, I don't, I, I don't just want you to go to HBCU to feel loved. I want you to feel love wherever you go. You should have home everywhere. Wherever you go. And not to minimize yourself wherever you go just because there's white folks in that space. Mm -hmm. And so if that's what it takes for you to be successful or for you to thrive, my doing the work looks like, have you ate today? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you rested? Come on. I'm not seeing you at any events. Where have you been? Let me check in. Let Mm -hmm. me DM. Come to this party. Come to church. Are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Let, let's go to the movies. My check, at least now, at this point in my career, right, or my academic your career, academic, right? Your collegiate career. <laughs> my collegiate, thank yeah. you. It's been checking in on the person, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you step down from a leadership position. I don't care. 
how are you we doing? We have other leaders. Exactly. You don't got to do everything. You don't Wait, that hurt to... a little bit too. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't that feel particularly good. That. Yeah, no. I also want to go back on the HBCU yes. point, right? Where it's like, going back to my great-great-grandparent. My great-great-parent. Let me try this again. Respectfully. My grandmother's grandfather. Mm-hmm. All Hamptonians, right? And I got here, right, going to a PWI because of internalized white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to realize that until, like, my sophomore year. I was like, why did I think that I could not go there? Mm-hmm. Well, it's because, like, they didn't pay me. Like, but it's still, like, still, money's an option in here. But it, it means something. And I think coming here, I was meant to be here because I was meant to learn things that maybe I wouldn't have learned somewhere else. Where I was meant to learn something here and meet people like you. Because I always say this to Bill Keys, where I was like, I think I was came here to meet Breezy and Bill Keys, mm. like and Dana and just learning from them, but learning about work and stuff like that and about and the reason why I asked you the question about do you kind of how do you feel with people who have left, right? To go to HBCUs. I'm like, that really could have been me, but I remember I was having a conversation with, with a black woman who went to UMW and being like, I didn't really sign up for this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. After going to the BSA meetings, after going to the NAACP meetings, after going to Golden Color meetings, I didn't really sign up for this. I didn't mm-hmm. sign up to be harassed like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be, so I'm okay. going to leave. And while we find that our purpose is doing the work, mm-hmm. I can never blame someone for leaving. Absolutely. And so that leads me to like the point where even when I see some of the Black people around me who like, before me, like like prior me, could have been like, why are you doing that? Why don't you hang out with Black people? Why are you doing this? Now, becoming so far in my career, or even like the whole idea is like, why are you not working? You have this leadership position. What are you doing? It's now turned into, I love you, mm-hmm. comment. Or I love you, this happened, but I get it. Mm-hmm. And that I get it part is a grace that I think I got from you and so many other black women, that is something that I had to unlearn from what my prior thing was. Because my prior thing was, hey, you didn't come to this meeting? Because you know what I'm talking about. You didn't come to this meeting? Did you fill out the form and say you couldn't come to this meeting? Mm-hmm. Um, You'll be kicked out of this leadership position. I'm sorry. That's yeah. how white people will do you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be like, hey, you didn't fill out the Google form. You didn't leave. So you're gone. I'm sorry. Um, I know you want to have this leadership position and we do benefit from your diversity. We don't want you here that much. Mm-hmm. You still have to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Being in these positions, I'm like, you were going through a lot. Mm-hmm. I would have done the exact same thing if I was in your position. Mm-hmm. And I understand that maybe communication is not your strong suit. And communication is not my strong suit either. And so what I'm going to say, I get it. Yeah. And I still love you. Yeah. And that is something that I have to constantly convince myself. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I get it and I still love you. Yeah. And even saying that to me. That's good. Right? That's good. And it's really hard. Because if you're doing that to everyone else, right, you're going to think that you have to do all the work. That's it. Right? That's it. And that's something that I still don't, you already know. <laughs> that's, something, that's something I'm not doing, right? And so then I realized that I have to be like to myself, I get it. And I still love you. And that's hard. But that is right. That is what love is. That's a kind of liberationist love. That's a kind of abolitionist love. That's a kind of black love that I think we need to continuously have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that because, you know, when you come in with the title of this, you think, oh, okay, Black Student Advocacy, okay, I'm going to get a whole bunch of tips on how to organize and strategize. You got your whole life for that. You you, really do. And and this isn't to say, like, be lazy in the movement because we don't support that at all, right? That's not really what We do the work regardless, but how can I do the work without love? 
Mm -hmm. And how can I do the work without grace? How can I do the work without community? Mm -hmm. Then I'm just a ball of pride, hate, and resentment working against the very forces of pride, hate, and resentment, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it does nothing. It advances us in no way, shape, or form. And so when it's like Black women do the work, I do believe Black women especially carry a burden, but I won't count out Black men mm -hmm. because to, to be here, and, and we'll have um some 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 of the gang come on, Black oh, MW yeah. gang, you know what I'm saying? Hop on and be able to speak to this from the Black male male's perspective. Mm -hmm. But you have this element of like, I can't get mad at you, black man, for hanging out with your six group of friends because to be a black man mm -hmm. in a predominantly white space, mm -hmm. those power dynamics with a black man and white man also look a little, a right. little different. Uh huh. They look a little different and they feel different. And so if I, if I refuse to extend grace, if I refuse to extend mm. love, if I refuse to extend rest and encourage you to rest and encourage you to do great things, mm -hmm. um, th then what good am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What good am I? Because I'm not... And Maya and I do this a lot, right? And as well as a couple of other folks who you're going to hear come on um, within the next couple of episodes, right? We meet with president, our president of the university regularly. We meet with mm -hmm. our administration. We uh, chose the, our diversity and equity officer, DCO, something like that, mm -hmm. um, right? And and went through that interview process in terms of that. We, Maya and I, you know what I'm saying, sat on the renaming committee mm -hmm. to rename, you know, a building after James Harmer Hall, which was originally named after... Uh, Trinkle, yeah, who was a eugenic supporter, right? So we we do the work, and but again, we have nothing to prove. Mm. The only thing I have to prove, to be very honest, is that I love you. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I do that by checking in. I I do the work by checking in. I do the work by making sure you're okay. Because what good is it me throwing a party if? you're tired. What good right. is it me throwing numerous meetings to talk about, okay, well, we need to do this and we need to prove this. And if you, you're tired of proving yourself and you're tired of trying to figure out who you are in a realm of people who don't care who you are um, or who say, okay, you're black and that's all you are. And therefore I don't like you because of it. Right. There's a lot that black students at predominantly white institutions are going through. Yeah. Always. Always. And so the, the work and the advocacy and the do the work is doing the work to love those you're in community Come on, with. hey? It's crazy I had to get it, to this point it, in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, we had 30 minutes. We still, we still um, yeah, no. yeah. It, it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the unconditional love that I benefited from that I need to extend. And you don't get it until after. You don't get that I get it until after. And it's really hard. It's really difficult. And I remember... Something happened last week with some of me and my people of color peers, right? And that thing resulted in us feeling like a lot of different feelings. Some of them were anger, aggression, and also like revenge, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of the systems that we've replicated from like our white supremacist capitalist, like, you know, heteronormative system that's like, hey, if a person does something bad to you, punish them right? Mm -hmm. Or or act violent towards them because they act violent towards you, right? And I think one thing that I've learned is that replicating that system does not help anything. Mm -hmm. And that the only system that can be replicated is the one of love. And what that system is, like, it wasn't until, like, after, after this whole situation happened that I realized that even though I was angry, it was because of love, and love needs to be the full stop. Mm -hmm. Anger can't be the full stop because anger, you're going to get tired by the time you're 30. Mm. You're going to get tired and you won't want to work. And so leading with love, not leading with aggression, not leading with violence, not that these things are bad. Mm -hmm. 
being angry is valid. Mm -hmm. Feeling violence is extremely valid when violence has been done to you Mm -hmm. for centuries. Ancestral violence has been done to you. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for you to have ancestral rage. But I think when you have community building, my calling is is to make community for my people, Mm -hmm. right? That's what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. And I understand that a lot of the times when I see people that I don't, uh, maybe it's not even that I disagree with, but I see like groups of black men who are like hanging out with each other. Now I'm like, Y'all are doing that to survive. That's it. And I'm trying to survive too. Like, I can't be mad at you for your hustle. Just like you can't be mad at mine for mine. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. be mad at you anymore because that's not going to, that's aggression, that's violence. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily what I need right now. Mm-hmm. There's a time for that. There's a place for that. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. But I think what I've learned is that community goes. Yeah. Love goes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I remember um, my first year here, especially when I got involved in my sophomore year, mm-hmm. I would like have this notion where it's like, oh, no, nah, I don't I don't mess with fill in the blank because they act like they too good to come to a meeting. They act like they too good to come to NAA. They act like they too good. And it was really like, no, no, no. I'm just here and walking out my calling. Yeah. And that calling comes with putting myself over you and, and kind of covering you. As you try to survive, right. right? Because I feel like I'm I'm thriving in many cases. I don't feel like I'm just surviving. And so, to be very honest, when we saw May, and this is also off the point of Maya as it relates to anger and aggression and uh, only being able to really replicate love, mm-hmm. uh, all of 2020, we see this international rage, right? right? This Everybody has this quote-unquote woke movement, which really isn't woke at all. It's, it's just opening your eyes mm-hmm. um, that you've decided to keep shut. Amen. Mm-hmm. Come um, on, amen. <laughs> Important caveat. That's what I call eight. And so, you know, that entire year, everybody was hitting the streets. Yeah. Everybody was making a post. Everybody was doing the black men are caption. Black women are. We are black men. We are. There it is. I said, bro. (laughs) Bro, please delete. And still got it up. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was using every ounce of their being to protest. Mm -hmm. And we protested so much out of anger mm-hmm. that when it came to protesting out of love mm-hmm. and I'm pouring all this anger and aggression and pain and resentment and trauma into the streets. And I'm confused when I'm not healed by anything. That's because it didn't heal me to be angry. It really did it. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it didn't heal me to be tear gassed. It didn't, it didn't heal me. It further created in my bloodline more ancestral trauma that my great grandkids will mm-hmm. go through mm-hmm. versus sitting down in community and loving and celebrating black excellence, celebrating black rest, resting, all black of those nuts. things, you know, mm-hmm. just, just embracing oneself mm-hmm. that is what helps heal. Because, because anger cannot heal. It is not yeah. built to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so in our attempt sometimes to be activists and be organizers and be strategists and the 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 activists of the war of the year and all of these fill in the blanks and the first black fill in the blank. In our attempt to do all of that, if the crutch of it is not love, if the, right. if the crutch of it is not community building, if the crutch of it is not saying, okay, how can I... And this might catch some people up. How can I die to myself so that you can live mm. a good life here, right? So mm-hmm. that you don't have to experience this or that. The, the next year or next generation of folks, Black folks who come to this institution don't have to deal with that. What can I do to make that happen? Um, until you get there, it's like, what good is your, your work? What mm-hmm. is your work based upon? Is it based upon proving white people right? That's or right so people wrong? Mm-hmm. Because if you work so hard, then I I think it further proves white people right in the sense where it's like, oh, 
they're here to please us. Right, right, right. You know? Yes. It is also, when you were saying that, like, and seeing how anger can't be the full stop, mm-hmm. anger can't be, that's how the game ends, yeah. right? That doesn't mean that anger is not medicinal. That's it. That doesn't mean that, like, some of the things we go through are not medicinal. Like, that 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 these feelings, these feelings of anger and rage, they serve its purpose, mm-hmm. but it is not the only ingredient to healing. You know about build, building the house that we always talk about? Yeah. That's not the only thing that you need to have in order yeah. for it to change. Yeah. But, but I think one thing that I love about the police report and the, things, and the work that we do, and even, like, the things we're organizing, like, Black UMW, any mm. of the, like, the coalition that we have between all of our Black clubs and organizations, is that what it means to find justice, what it means to find freedom, is not going to come out of hatred of white people. And mm. I have tried, I'm saying this from personal experience, I have tried to create something out of hating white people. Same. And that does not do mm. what you think it does, right? Mm. I've worked hard to make it seem like it was but anger towards white people does not help liberate black people mm. it serves a sort of purpose it's not the full stop it's not right and it's i know not. like with the police report it was not necessarily about proving why black people need justice that's why like i hope that they understand that but what it was trying to prove is like okay so what does a world look like where police are not the primary safety mm. Um, organizers. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. What does it look like if we can create a system in which violence is not the main mechanism in order to de-escalate conflict? Mm-hmm. What does it look like for us to see freedom in food? What does it look like for us to um, have ride share so we won't have to call the police? What does it look like when there is a domestic dispute and you don't want them to get shot by the police because they're Black, but you do want them to stop? What does that look like? What does it look like for us to find justice, to find God, to find our people, to find freedom, to find purpose outside of the carceral system? That is what love is. Yeah. That is something that I had to learn at this university that I maybe wouldn't have learned anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's and I'm not saying that that anger is bad because that anger was useful. Anger got people out into the streets. They wouldn't yeah. have seen it if it wasn't there for them. Yeah. Anger anger got people out. But anger is not where it ends. Because mm-hmm. if anger is where it ends, then you will replicate it over and over and over again. Right. Because right. if white if all I remember someone said that if all white people were to be gone, all people just disappeared, we would still have systematic racism mm-hmm. because you don't need white people to operate that system. Mm-hmm. So it's about creating freedom. That's how you replicate mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how you said that. Then we can go ahead. We can go ahead. But I wanted to say, you, you spoke to like that anger being that. It very much is. And, and for the folks who are believers, right? Mm-hmm. If seeing people shot dead in the streets, especially black folks, mm-hmm. for years mm-hmm. in the name of God does not make you upset. Yes. It does not create in you a righteous, a burning anger. Right. We have bigger issues than my right, anger, right, right? Right. The fact that you're not angry says something. The fact that you're not moved to to change, all of that says something. So for the folks who are listening and who are black, um, you're the righteous anger that burns inside of you when you hear Amir Locke or when you hear yeah. Breonna Taylor, when you mm-hmm. hear George Floyd, mm-hmm. all these things, right? Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, mm-hmm. Mike Brown, all, mm-hmm. all of these names, when you hear them, when you understand the system, when you see the videos, right? That's not saying that you don't have every right to be burning inside with anger mm-hmm. and tears. It's not saying that at all. It is saying, okay, that's what's making me look at this house and say, this house is on fire. What makes me extinguish the fire Ooh, of that house? Come on. It's hey. going to be love. <laughs> because even in the police report, in order to say, 
let's look at the ride share. Let's look at this. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure we avoid this. Let's, you had to talk to people. Mm-hmm. You had to love enough to listen. You had to love enough to hear. Mm. You had to love enough to sit down with. Mm-hmm. You had to love enough to put how you were feeling during that year to the side to listen to somebody else. You had to love enough to include all testimonies in there. That love is a very hard, a very hard thing to do. Come on. But in order to do the work that we many times want to do to show up for our community, we have to show up in a way that doesn't always get publicized. Mm-hmm. And that's through love and commitment. It's not by standing up on a podium. Mm-hmm. It's not by yelling a whole bunch of demands. Mm-hmm. It's not by creating all these different, you know, platforms and points and all of that. Where at the root of it, it is not love. It, mm-hmm. That's not it. Performativeness will not save black folks. Come on. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, it just, it just will tap dancing will not save black hey. folks. Hey. Okay. Hello? Being the only black person in white spaces will not save black folks. Mm-hmm. It won't. That's why when folks say, oh, first black woman, SGA president, I'm glad y'all can say that now. But if I came in that joint and I ain't do nothing. Nothing. I hope y'all would never say that name again. I'm and that so if another weak. black woman came after that, you called her the first. Because what good was me being the first if I didn't do, do nothing? nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm taking up space and I'm wasting time come because on. I didn't take the time to love. Now, if I come in that joint and all due respect, if all the white people at UMW are like, Breezy ain't do nothing. But all the black people are like, nah, she got in that position and, and we you got... You ate the position. You are eating the position. You get what I'm saying? You are eating the position currently. I appreciate that. Yeah, you I are. I appreciate that. Black people think it too. I mean... <laughs> I, as a black person, as I speak for the black person, yeologist, yeah. yeah, you know, <laughs> but that right there, right? If if they can at least say that I led with love, like mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah, we ain't we ain't do nothing. But we had some meetings in which she checked in, and mm-hmm. the meetings only consisted of her loving on us, uh, loving on us, and pouring into us. That was what stood out. That lasts so much longer. Mm-hmm. Then someone coming in with a whole bunch of plans and ideas in which only they can push through. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So this this was the, I want I want to read a quote from Asada Shakur It's my favorite quote come ever. On, right? Come on. She says it's our duty to fight for our freedom. Mm-hmm. It is our duty to win. We must love each other and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. Mm-hmm. And that key piece that I love, right, is it is our duty. Mm-hmm. I love to fight. Mm-hmm. I love to win mm-hmm. because that means that even if I don't win, if my legacy wins, then I hey, won. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> That's on. what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have, we must love each other. That's not an option. Uh-huh. So if you want to do the work, you must love each other. You must love them black folks. And I'm being specific about my word. You must love them black folks on that campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you must support each other. You must yeah. support those black folks on that campus. Right? We have nothing to lose but our chains. Mm-hmm. You can lose every position. You can whatever. Mm-hmm. But all in all, whether you get that, if you get in, get in that position and you still got your chains on because you didn't love and because yeah. you didn't support other black folks, yeah. again, what good is you being in that position yeah. and having that title? Yeah. What good is you being under that organization with the big name? Come on. Nothing. You, you're correct. Yeah. You have it. Yeah. A, a, a series wow. of truth. Come on. Wow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. This is very good. Yeah. So, so, so that's it. Right? That's it. That's all I'm, Maya, what are you thinking? How do you, how do you feel? Is there anything you want to leave the people with? I cannot think of the name of this verse. I'm almost certain it's in Psalms. It is, faith is the substance of the unseen. Mm. What's the, how's it go? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the, and the evidence, evidence of 
things, things not seen. Yes. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Well, I used to knew this from, from the beginning. Uh-huh. But yeah, no. That's kind of what I'm hearing mm-hmm. is that this is kind of what we're working for. This has been good. I feel rejuvenated. Good. See, this is what love is. This is what love is. This is what love is. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. Thank you yeah. for making this platform. Of course. Um, the first black woman. Wow. SGA president. Wow. First national board, not first, but national board <laughs> winner of the International Association for the Advancement of Colored. Yeah. People. <laughs> You really ate. This is a good, good conversation. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Maya, thank you so much for coming. I know that the scheduling was crazy, but we appreciate you at Black Girl at PWI. We're going to be posting some of your quotes. So for the folks listening, make sure you go to Black Girl PWI at Instagram, Black Girl PWI. Uh, make sure you follow, you repost, you share, you share this episode with other Black folks, Please whether share. they go to PWIs or non-PWIs, right? It doesn't matter whether they're in mm-hmm. school or not in school because America is a predominantly white space. Come on. So. <laughs> United States of the predominantly white institution. You know what I'm saying? So... All in all, right, there's there's something that all of us can learn, and Maya graces with her presence to say that very thing. Um, and so we appreciate her for that. I thank you all for listening, and make sure you all continue to tune in. And that's I it. Love it. That's it. That's it. That's all. Per. Per. Now class is out, but that don't mean you should be going ghost, okay? If you like today's discussion or want to keep it going, follow us on Instagram at BlackGirlPWI and keep talking at talk. Also, don't forget to check out our portal for scholarships, financial aid tips, mental health, and motivation some days. This is Breezy signing out. Take care of yourself and keep showing up, sis.